welcome to Business Talk Sister Crack. I'm Becca. And I'm Ruthie. And today we are super excited for this episode because we get to interview somebody who we have just enjoyed getting to know. Our topic is seven things you need to know about payroll in small business. And we have with us Charles Reed. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Ladies, my pleasure. <laughs> so our first awesome. question for you is, uh, what do you do? I run a payroll company. And what a payroll company does is we provide payroll and associated services to mostly small businesses around the country. We take the hours that people work in their salaries, we create their checks or direct deposits, and then for the employer, we pay all the taxes, deposit them all with the government entities, fill out all the forms, send them in, and when the IRS or the state makes a mistake, we fix it. Wow, very, very versatile. You've got all kinds of stuff that you're working on. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Awesome. So why did you start doing that? What was your, your why behind why you got started in payroll? Well, I had, I had worked in business for a number of years after, after college, and I got to a point where I realized I was never going to run a major corporation because I didn't have the political skills. I was unwilling to stab people in the back and throw them off the ladder. <laughs> So I'm sorry. If I was going yeah, that's all right. If I was going to run a business uh, like I wanted to and I grew up in a family business, I was going to have to start my own. So my wife and I started our own business and I bought a franchise accounting service that had a payroll uh, service bureau built in. Uh, the franchisor went belly up and we just kept going, Ruth and I. And uh, uh, a few years ago, I sold off the accounting portion to my partner, and I kept the payroll, and uh, because I like it. I enjoy doing payroll. I enjoy dealing with businesses. I enjoy the complexity of the IRS and the states, and it's, it's fun, so I keep doing it. Okay, so I want to go back a little bit further to a little bit more into the how you got there, because I feel like we've missed, like, years and years of information. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I'm pretty okay. sure, aren't you a veteran too? Like, how does that roll yeah. in everything? Well, I got out of high school at 16. I'd skipped a year and I was young and I went to work and my mother made me pay room and board and uh, wow. I didn't want to go to college. It was, it was $20 a week. I mean, you know, it was no big deal, but she, <laughs> you know, she, if I was going to work, I had to pay for the room and board. So, uh, about I turned 17 and I uh, got to the point where I didn't want to go to college. I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't near mature enough. So I joined the Marine Corps for four years, uh, served as a, uh, uh, in the Marine Corps, I was trained as a computer programmer and systems engineer, but I also did a tour in Vietnam as a combat infantryman. Uh, came back to uh, the United States, uh, was stationed in Kansas City and met my wife, Ruth, uh, she had five children when I met her, and I married her. Uh, we were married for 45 years before she passed. Uh, then I got out of service and realized that without a degree at that point, it was very hard to take my skills and put them to work. So in uh, summer of 74, I started college, and in December of 76, I had my master's degree, and it sat for and passed my CPA exam at the same time. Okay. Went to work wow. 
went to work for Texas Instruments, and you know the rest is history. <laughs> like the the calculator company, Texas Instruments. There are a lot more than that, but yes, the calculator company. I <laughs> <laughs> just know they make calculators. <laughs> Jer Jerry Junkins would just roll over in his grave if he heard you say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. You've had a very full life. That's so cool. I'm I have, and I've worked for big businesses and small businesses in all kinds of industries and had a lot of fun doing it. It's, it's, it's been fun, interesting. But I realized this morning, I was talking to somebody, the wisdom we get when we get older isn't because we get smarter. It's just because we go through enough things and figure out all the things not to do <laughs> and all the mistakes we make. And that makes us seem to be wise to younger people because, yeah, I've tried that and it failed. So don't try it. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's, that's wisdom for you, you know, like trial and error that's, at its that, finest. <laughs> um, yeah, which, I think that's the only way we learned. <laughs> yeah, that's a good transition into um, kind of what the, the topic of payroll there, because you kind of found what you liked with all the trial and error that you've um, done in, in your life and all the things that you've experienced. Um, so we'll kind of just jump into some questions that we had here. The first one of our seven um, things you need to know about payroll is what are some common mistakes people make with payroll? Well, you have to be careful about the entity you choose because that determines how your payrolls run. If you're a sole proprietor, you're never an employee. If you're a corporation and work in it, you're always an employee. So the choice of entity makes a difference. Uh, then that determines whether you're gonna be a W-2 employee. Then you have to decide the people that work for you, whether they're independent contractors or employees. And that's a complex question with a lot of variations to make that determination, but you don't get to choose. There's laws and rules and regulations. And you know, if somebody says, well, just pay me as a 1099er, you may or may not be able to do that. And if you can't and you do, then you're gonna get into trouble with the IRS and the state, and it will be very expensive. You need yeah. to know all your reporting requirements, all your deposit requirements, everything you have to do to keep up with those taxes that you're withholding. Uh, you have to know that the IRS makes mistakes. The IRS is 100,000 people, uh, of which 40% are able to retire within the next two years. Okay, what? So they're, they've been there a wow. while. Yeah. <laughs> they're, and they're short of people, and they have part of their uh, computers and technical stuff go back to the 1960s. Literally, they have old 1960-style mainframes they still use, mm. okay? Then if you get penalized and you ask for an abatement, you keep asking, you keep asking, you keep asking, you go to level after level after level, you never give up until the very bitter end, mm. okay? Because a lot of times it's a whole series of no's followed by a single yes, and when that one person says, yeah, we'll abate it, say thank you and leave. Okay, let's back up. <laughs> What's an abatement? Okay, an abatement is when you get a penalty reversed. The IRS says, we're going to penalize you $800 because you were late. 
and you weren't, but they recorded it as late. Okay. Uh, so you ask for what's called an abatement, which is a reversal of the penalty. Okay. Uh, and you give them the reasons why, and you explain to it because this is my, my last point I was going to give you, but I'll give it to you now. The IRS cannot penalize you for a simple mistake, mm. though they will try to. They can only penalize you for gross negligence. But guess who gets to define gross negligence? The IRS. So wow, fight, such a gray area. It. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Well, not to them. To them, everything is gross negligence. And in some cases, the only way you can win is go to court and get the judge to agree, yeah, that's just a simple mistake. You can't penalize them for it. Uh, and you can do that. That's what tax court's for. Because um, I'm a U.S. tax court practitioner. So, you know, I, that's where I take my client's problems. Um, and then the last one was, if you're in business, you need to have a handbook if you have an employee, even if you only have one. Because that's not only for your protection, it's for their protection. It's for everybody to know what their responsibilities and authorities are and what are the penalties if you screw up. And if you have that, you can make them stick. If you don't have them, the state's basically gonna not care about you. They're just gonna take your employee's position and you know they're not gonna care about you as an employer. Mm -hmm. They're not your friend, they're your employee's friend. Hmm. Good to know. <laughs> so there's seven and a half. There's seven and a half things you need to know about payroll. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> so what's the um, difference between owners' draws and being paid as an employee of your own company? What is there like a big, like just the documentation aspect, or what? What? No. Okay. If you take a draw from your company, a distribution, it is taxable for income tax purposes, but not for employment tax purposes. You as the employer pay 15.3% on your own W-2 earnings. 7.65 comes out of it and the employer pays another 7.65. If you take it as a draw, you don't pay that. So in many cases, it's much more profitable to be able to take distributions or dividends. But even if you're an S-Corp, you can take rule of thumb in, in my practice is half of your earnings as distributions and half as W-2 earnings. If you take it all as distributions, the IRS can come back in and recharacterize those as W-2 earnings and penalize you for the late deposits and the late filings and interest and so on and so forth. So be careful. Don't take all distributions, but you can take some if you are in a corporation or in a situation where you are actually an employee, but an owner. So you can do both. Okay. Um, in which business structure do you have to pay yourself as a W-2 employee? If you're a corporation, if you're an LLC that files as a corporation, then you have to pay yourself as an employee if you work in the business. In a partnership or a sole proprietor, you can't be an employee, okay? okay. But 
you're also taxed for self-employment on the total profits of the sole proprietorship or your share of the partnership. And you can't get, you can't avoid that. That's on page two of your 1040. Look at you. You even know the page numbers. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh. People ask me well, about when my... You've done as, when you've done as many of them as I have, you'll know them too. <laughs> I suppose, yeah. When people ask questions <clears throat> about taxes and things, I usually just say, well, did you Google it? <laughs> <laughs> so that's good to know um okay the next question we had was um what is the what is the point at which you should consider hiring an employee because it makes financial sense to do so well the difference between hiring an employee and hiring a contractor is a definition of what they do how they do it what their responsibilities are and so on as far as just hiring somebody in when it makes economic sense to hire people, hire them. Uh, now, in many cases, you can hire certain things. Uh, you can outsource things to another company and they're not an independent contractor. They're just a contract with another company. And that's not payroll and it's not 1099. It's just vendor payments. It's accounts payable. So is that, but sorry, I'm gonna ask a just- No, go ahead. Uh, question on that. So. If that's an accounts payable for hiring under a contract with another business, is it because they have an actual legitimate business and they're not basically a sole proprietor? Is that like the difference? If they're a legitimate business, be it sole proprietor or not, they're responsible for the, their payroll and their independent contractors and their tax filings and their tax deposits. You're not. Okay. Okay but they need to have a company. They need to have an EIN. Mm -hmm. uh, they need to have all those accoutrements of a business. Okay. It can't just be a guy saying, Oh, I'm in business. Yeah. Just, just write a check to, uh, uh, you know, Joe Blow Inc. Well, mm -hmm. if Joe Blow Inc doesn't exist, then you have problems. Mm -hmm. So they have to be a legitimate business. Which is why you always want their tax info. <laughs> Absolutely. You have them fill out that, that uh, uh, W-9, which is the form, uh, and they'll give you their EIN. And if they give you a social security number, you need to talk to them. <laughs> um, so the EIN, employer identification number, and they... When you, so like if you are a sole proprietor and you are a subcontractor to someone else, how do you know what your EIN is? Because you've, you've filled out an SS4 and sent it to uh, the IRS and gotten it. Mm -hmm. It's when you file if your you, business. Right. Gotcha. If, you, if you haven't filed your SS4, you haven't gotten your EIN. Okay. All right. I have a sub, another sub question. I know I cut you off. I'm sorry. <laughs> So under no. the, when it makes financial sense to hire an employee, is there kind of like a, uh, and I was just thinking originally when we thought about this question, if you're doing all the work yourself and then it's like, okay, now I think I should hire an employee, but I don't know what an hourly wage should be and what percentage of that actually goes to them versus the government. Does that make sense? Is it okay. like an actual employable wage? Well, when you hire somebody, you have to have several things. You have to pay minimum wage. You have to have, once you have an employee, whether you or somebody else, you have to be set up with the state for 
uh, state tax withholding and state unemployment. Okay. And they will let you, they'll send you out booklets and tell you what the minimum wage is and what you have to pay, how much you have to withhold for state taxes, how much you, you have to pay for unemployment insurance, because that's solely on the employer. Then the IRS, uh, when you file your SS4 and get your EIN, will suggest that you get a Pub 15, okay, Publication 15, which is the basic payroll tax uh, guide from the IRS. It shows you all the things you have to do, the forms you have to do, and how much you have to withhold based on how much you pay that person and the W-4 that they fill out. Because every employee you hire needs to fill out, has to fill out a W-4 and an I-9. Uh, the W-4 will tell you what their status is for withholding purposes, how much of their pay you have to withhold. There's tables in the publication 15 that will show you exactly how much you have to withhold based on the amount of money and the pay periods and so on. The I-9 is to prove that they can legally work in the United States. Wow, okay, so it sounds like the, the Pub 15 is really helpful kind of like to guide you through um, a lot of those things. It's very helpful for that, and it's a very good cure for insomnia. <laughs> <laughs> good, good to know. I'll, I'll make sure to pick, pick up one of those next time I can't sleep. <laughs> you got it. Um, you can Google it. Okay, good. That's helpful. <laughs> um, okay, and then what would be, so you kind of talked about like the Pub 15 and how that lists out a lot of things that are necessary, but specifically with running payroll, what is necessary to make sure that you're running payroll correctly for an employee? Well, the first thing to do is you have to collect time correctly. Uh, the time they work, because you have to pay them for all the time that you allow them to work. You know, if you set the hours from eight to four and they work till 4.30, you got to pay them till 4.30. You don't get to cut them off when you told them to leave. If they stay around and continue to work, you have to pay them. So you have to collect all the time. Then you have to do the calculations. Then you have to start doing the withholdings. You'll have tax withholdings. Then you may have other deductions. Uh, they may have a, a deduction for, they may have a garnishment. They may have a student loan garnishment. They may have child support they have to pay that you've been served an order uh, by the court saying you have to withhold that and submit that to the court. So you've got their earnings. Uh, you've calculated that. You have all the deductions. You have all the taxes. Uh, and then you have to create a check or a direct deposit and get that to them. So they're paid on a timely basis. Then you have to report all of that and make all your deposits and file all your forms for all the government entities. It'll be the IRS, the state revenue department and the state unemployment department. And in some states, a local tax department as well. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is just, I have so many more questions, <laughs> but a good thing that I'm really excited about is that before we we had like a couple more but I know we're running out of time um, if you are just blown away by how great Charles Reed is you should know that he's also has a book out right now 
And you should tell us a little Thank bit you. about that because we want to make sure that we um, have that as a resource that we link to on our blog. All the answers that I have given you and many, many more are in my new book, The Payroll Book, A Guide for Small Business and Startups. Oh, yeah. I already added it to my Amazon registry. It's <laughs> 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 like, yep, I need this. <laughs> it's 30 years of, of payroll, running a payroll service bureau distilled down to 85,000 words, okay? Mm -hmm. And all the questions you've asked are in there in detail and many, many, many more. Uh, it's, it's was two years of work for me. It was kind of a, you know, labor of love uh, and a pain in the keister and everything else, but we got it done. It's, it's, it's published by uh, Wiley and Sons. Uh, it's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble and other fine bookstores, or you can order it from us at thepayrollbook.com. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, yeah, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Charles. It was such a pleasure to get to to chat with you and learn from you. And it's it's rare that you can find someone who is both in, engaging and and just like so incredibly knowledgeable when it comes to taxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they they tend to be mutually exclusive, don't they? <laughs> Yeah, and we've just had a blast getting to know you. Um, but okay, so we wanted to transition into the Sister Gark portion of our episode. And I know that you had a story that you wanted to share with us, and I'm excited to hear it. I am so pumped for this. <laughs> well, you may not be after the story, but <laughs> one March day, we got two notices from the IRS for two separate clients. And they both said, this client has a refund for $7,255. The exact same amount on both notices for both clients. So the IRS was proposing a refund of about $15,000 of overpaid FUTA taxes for these two employers. Their total FUTA liability, which is federal unemployment tax, for the year for both of them combined was less than $400. Hmm. But the IRS <laughs> wanted to refund $15,000. I wouldn't let the clients file for the refund <laughs> Fair <laughs> because enough. they'd have had to pay it back. So that's, yeah. that's your IRS at work. That's your tax dollars at work. And we, we forgot to... to mention that this is another cool thing about Charles is that he used to be like on the board of like advisors for the IRS. <laughs> Are you still, yes. isn't it like that you're on your last year? This is my last year. I've been on it for three years. It's the IRS advisory council. Uh, we meet with the IRS five times a year to help them get out of their bubble and see how practitioners and business people do things and how it relates to what the IRS is doing because they live in their own world. They don't live in the real world. That's so cool. I was, I just wanted to mention, so you were talking about like that refund. And so one of my brother's coworkers, our oldest brother, Andrew, he, um, when they sent out the stimulus checks, like everybody, you know, like got the, however much each individual got 1200 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and, he went in, he logged into his bank account and saw that he had a deposit of $8 million. 
he was like, <laughs> what on earth? And then he freaked out about it, drove to work because he was, I don't know if he was, I saw it in the morning or whatever, but by lunchtime, he logged back in again and it had shifted back to the, just the regular stimulus check. But he was like, oh, I should have transferred it out of my account. What was I thinking? <laughs> he should have gone down to the bank, gotten cash and drove to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> But I was like, wow, that money is fake. <laughs> like, just clerical <laughs> error. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thanks so much for being with us today. We have thoroughly enjoyed it. And we are definitely going to post um, the blog up. So if you guys are looking for links to stuff, it'll be there. Um, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>